This is Small Business as Usual, a program about the art of operating small enterprises and the issues faced by the owners. It's a presentation of the Community Economic Development Fund in Meriden, Connecticut. I'm Frederick Welk, a business advisor for CEDF clients. The Community Economic Development Fund is a nonprofit lender providing financing to qualified small businesses in Connecticut that can't obtain traditional bank financing. More about CEDF at the end of the program. This episode is about social responsibility. I'm going to tell you a story about a woman who went to France and fell in love with crepes. But her infatuation with her new favorite food was only matched by her other love, coffee. And that was just a flirtation compared to her true love, the environment. So she started a business that combined them all. She happens to be one of my clients who was mindful of social responsibilities from the outset and found that even if her stance is more prevalent in businesses of all sizes these days, as Kermit the Frog would say, it's still not easy being green my name is Katie Hughes-Nelson. I own Perka on Main, one in Guilford and one in Middletown. We have a food truck called Perka on Wheels. We've been in business for about 16 years. And Perk is a creperie. We specialize in organic coffee and coffee drinks and crepes, salads, wraps, quesadillas. We pride ourselves on being a community gathering place. We also pride ourselves on being both environmentally and socially responsible and being a good neighbor to the towns and cities where we have our businesses. At the turn of the century, the 21st century that is, large corporations were only beginning to focus attention on elements like sustainability, green content of products, and environmental concerns. But within a few years it became a trend, now most would agree that it's an expectation, especially of consumer-facing organizations. And while large companies and their efforts get most of the media attention, the origin of this approach got much of its inspiration from small businesses. I asked Katie to describe the values that underlie her business. Well, one of the most prominent ones is our dedication to limit our impact on the environment, namely when it comes to the waste stream. And we believe that food waste doesn't belong in the waste stream and that every pound counts. So we diligently compost, uh, separate our compostable material and purchase any disposable, such as plates or iced coffee cups, hot coffee cups, lids, straws. We purchase those compostable ones so that uh, they don't end up in the waste stream. All our food scraps and everything we separate and they are brought to Southington where they're turned into mulch. We take a lot of care in in purchasing as many local products as we can, produce when it's in season, supporting the local growers. Our coffee is organic. It's fairly traded, which is really important to us. I think those are probably the most outstanding parts of our mission. And then I mentioned before that we want to be a good neighbor to the communities that we're a part of. And so we are very excited to support local charities and organizations and local efforts. In a 2014 survey by the Nielsen Company, 55% of online consumers surveyed from around the world said they were willing to pay more for products and services from companies that are socially and environmentally responsible. For some companies, taking socially responsible positions can seem like a reaction reluctantly made to reduce outside pressure. 
In parts of the business world, there's probably a lot more window dressing than substance. But for others, the desire to be green comes, as you would say, more naturally. I asked Katie how she established these principles in her operation. I think that they evolved over time. Things like re- recycling and awareness of our impact on the environment is something that, that I think I brought with me since childhood. But I think meeting up with different people that were like-minded that helped us to make a bigger and better part of our business was really helpful. It just started with really diligent recycling and, and then uh, awareness of food waste. And I mean, the first step in limiting your food waste and your impact on the environment is just is simply limiting waste. So we were really aware of purchasing and making sure that you know we were using as much of the food as possible and that we had as little waste as possible. But of course, because we run restaurants, food waste is a it's a natural byproduct. So I think really just to, being able to team up with people like Blue Earth Compost out of West Hartford who comes and picks up our food waste and compostable materials and the folks that run the local farmers markets who introduce us to the local growers just through education and kind of locking arms with like-minded people really helped us to strengthen our mission. Appealing honestly to consumer expectations is in itself part of the code of social responsibility. There have been plenty of instances of companies found to be hypocritical. In a world where sometimes it seems to be all about the publicity, some businesses seem to wear their green credentials on their sleeves. As Katie's business advisor for the past few years, I found myself questioning whether it was easy enough for her customers to give Katie credit for the efforts she was making. I asked if she thought she had done enough to publicize her values to her customers. I believe that they are because on the truck and in two of our locations, we have really beautiful signs, of course, that made from recycled material that clearly stated our mission and our values. And it's on our website. It's on the side of our food truck. But also we have the customers clear their own plates. So when they get to the station where they do that, they see very clearly marked where compostable material goes, where recyclable material goes and where anything that would end up in the landfill goes. And I guess the hole where you would put anything that goes in the landfill is always the smallest. And there's a sign that says there's nothing that you would receive from perk at your table that would end up in the landfill. They'd only really be putting anything from that they brought in from the outside in there. Claiming green values is easy. The hard part is walking the talk every day. That has to be done by the frontline employees. I asked Katie what her approach was to train and indoctrinate her workers in what she wanted the company to stand for, and what the consequences might be if they failed her. So, no surprise, I found that Katie is pretty serious about making sure her employees are a good fit for her company. Well, we have in the initial employee training and in our employee guide, we go into pretty good detail about it. I think just simply through our passion for it, and it, it does take the entire team to be extremely diligent. The program that we're part of where our food waste and compostable material gets hauled is heavily monitored. So if we had contamination in, in our compostables, then we certainly could get kicked out of the program, which would be a shame. It also has the managers and myself closely monitoring and, and having conversations with the staff about making sure that they're on board. One of the interview questions that we ask is, do you recycle at home? And then assuming the answer is yes, we ask, what do you recycle at home? And how do you work that out in your household? And we ask if they compost at home. And in that initial interview, we 
tell them a little bit about our system here and try to pick up on any excitement versus any annoyance or irritation if it seems like something that they'd be passionate about. And, so, and there's times that it could be a young person that seems like a perfectly good candidate, although they don't recycle at home. So usually in that case, we would take a few minutes to try to educate them about why it's so important to us and then let them know that, you know, in six months or something, if they institute a recycling program at home, that they could certainly come back and apply. The trick behind effectively establishing a program of values to lead an organization, as we explored in episode 17-2, is getting everyone to, as one author put it, row the boat in the same direction. But that doesn't just happen by making employees read a manual or a mission statement. It takes a lot more engagement to reinforce values and celebrate accomplishments. Well, when we find a new way to reduce our waste, it's definitely something we celebrate. For instance, when we used to get plastic lids that went on our compostable hot cups for hot coffee, compostable ones had hit the market, but they were very expensive and they were a little bit questionable in quality. So it was something that I had been watching for a while. And when we finally made the decision to make the financial investment to purchase those weekly, it's something you know we really celebrated as a team. In addition, I, we have received some recognition for our green efforts. We were a green circle, Connecticut's Department of Energy and Environmental Protection's Green Circle Award, and we've gotten some uh, newspaper articles, and we are on NPR for our green efforts. And what was that other little bit of recognition you got? We were awarded the Connecticut SBA Women-Owned Business of the Year Award. I think, moreover, it's really prevalent in Yelp reviews and Facebook reviews. People will comment that they really appreciate it, and that's one of the reasons why they come to Perk. It's a kind of a constant conversation around Perk with the customers, too, and so they help us to celebrate it. And I think, generally speaking, the staff is something that we are universally proud of. As we examined in our last episode, which was about ethical sourcing, there can be huge implications on the cost of goods sold for a business when it makes choices based on a variety of considerations beyond price. If the results of that Nielsen survey mentioned earlier is true, it also means that about half of consumers don't fully share an interest in making their purchasing decisions on anything but price, so it can be hard to stay faithful to principles and make the sacrifices required. The choices and the purchasing practices that we make on one level or from a certain vantage point certainly are more costly. You could get styrofoam cups for a lot cheaper than you could get cups made out of corn that you can compost. I think having a staff that is concerned about waste and excited about the company ethics is case for itself. Certainly being concerned about waste is something that carries into other areas of the business that ends up saving you money. So I think the the mindset pays for itself. But yes, the, the purchasing decisions cost more. I think we paid last year somewhere around $7,000 to get our compost hauled. So that was a commitment. And even some of the compostable bags, you know, they can cost upwards near 80 cents a piece. So that's an investment. But as far as I'm concerned, it's the only way I'd want to operate a business. I think, if, I think that sometimes I should raise my prices in order to compensate for cha- challenging financial circumstances that may in part be due to some of our ethical values and purchasing practices, but I feel as though if I'm going to operate a business, this is how I'm going to operate a business. And if we can't operate a business ethically, then I would prefer just not to. Well, I think we know, or I know, because customers are very vocal about it. And initially when we instituted the customers separating their own 
waste in our restaurants. It was very awkward and uncomfortable, and it took a lot of education. And then we we saw it became very seamless and something that the customers also seem to take pride in. So I think I know that we reap benefits from it because the customers are very vocal and also uh, through social media and online reviews, it's, it's a really prevalent thing that people mention. I think that green efforts are expected and rewarded and that I think that it's a wise business decision to try to be at the forefront of any green efforts that you can make in your business. Many thanks to Katie Hughes-Nelson for explaining her approach to social responsibility. You can learn more about what's happening with her Perk Cafes and Food Truck and plan your next catered event at perkonmain.com. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Lee Maida Ford for our music. Our theme is by Orchestral Movement of 1932. Small Business as Usual is presented by the Community Economic Development Fund, a nonprofit organization which provides enterprises in Connecticut with term loans, lines of credit, and commercial mortgages when they can't get traditional bank financing. For the fifth year in a row, we're Connecticut's top SBA microlender. We make business term loans at very nominal interest rates as small as a few thousand dollars, and larger business loans too from a pool of loan capital provided by many of the state's leading banks. There are geographic and or income qualification requirements for the borrowers. You can find out more about all of this at CEDF.com. And this episode of Small Business as Usual is available there. It's number 18-3. So Katie, can I get green chili salsa on my quesadilla? As far as I'm concerned, it's the only way I'd want to operate a business.